You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to another episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Again, I've got my, my mate Mario with me. How are you? G'day, Jason. Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. Well, actually, I should call him uh, Mars because he, he hates being called Mario. Uh, but all right, guys, if you want to find out more about the show, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au, twitter.com forward slash ahpodcast. Also, jump on our Facebook page. I think we're over, we just got to 5,000, I think, Mars, didn't we? So. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good milestone, Jason. Muzz, Mario, doesn't matter. Call, call me whichever, Jason, it's fine. And it's a really good uh, milestone that we've reached on the Australian Hunting Podcast. And uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting us on uh, social media. Yeah, and if you want to email me, you can do so, Podcast at gmail.com. Or again, just go to that website and click on the contact icon. I think it's at the top there uh, on the links bar right at the top. Again, you can find us on iTunes. That's where most people listen to us. Download us to your iPod, iPad. Again, obviously, you can go to the website. Stitcher.com is another place. You can also download and listen to that show. Again, any donations uh, would be greatly appreciated. You can click on that donate button. And we've got a bit of a surprise. We might be doing a yearly subscription and offering uh, some, uh, we'll say gifts, but with that $60 yep. fee, we're, we're thinking about $60 and yep. we probably might be doing uh, a hat and a sticker and also a poster as part of that yearly fee to give you guys something back for uh, that yearly fee. So we're probably going to get that up very soon. Maybe have some blaze orange hats or some blaze orange camo hats with the AHP logo on it. And uh, we'll, we'll just wait and see how that goes first, but we're sort of looking, looking pretty excited about getting that up and running as well a lot of people have purchased stickers uh from the website again you can purchase uh, stickers on the website click on the store button in the top links there and you can get some stickers what's been happening with you uh jason well as you know um we've been cooking cooking up some nice game meat at my place and for those of you who haven't seen the the website uh on the ahp site uh have a look uh, at uh, the pictures there and uh there's the pictures of myself uh, with Jason, and uh, we're just cooking up some uh, pork sausages that I made from my recent hunting trip. And some of you guys may have uh, seen the video clips on my uh, YouTube channel. And if you haven't seen it, uh, go to Aussie Freedom Fighter. That's my YouTube channel, and just have a look at the recent clips on my recent trip. And it was such a fantastic trip. But how come you didn't come, Jace? Oh, I'm just very, very lazy. <laughs> I'm do- editing podcasts. You talk on podcasts. This guy's got to edit them. All right, we yeah. want to go into this first bit of news. This one's really important, guys. We can't stress this enough. It's a parliamentary inquiry. Uh, Muzz has been great. He's been doing his homework uh, in regards to uh, this parliamentary inquiry, and you need to get your submissions in. This is hugely important, and we are going to put the link uh, on the website to the parliamentary submission because we're going to we're going to give you the the uh, URL, but we can't right now because it's so long that it's just stupid. We can't repeat it, so uh, we're going to. Put the link on the website. Click on it when we put up this particular podcast, the Straight Shooting Podcast. I think it's going to be episode 62. And uh, make your submission. Address the criteria. It's pretty easy. You can even check out uh, people's uh, current submissions and uh, try and get an idea of what we want. But again, this is serious and Muzz is sort of going to take over. What's the parliamentary inquiry for? 
Well, Jason, this is a Senate Standing Committee on Legal and Constitutional Affairs Inquiry, and it's regarding the ability of Australian law enforcement authorities to eliminate gun-related violence in the community. Now, guys, just in short, it's this is nothing more than the Greens' attempt to ban our semi-automatic pistols, and that's all it is, guys. And they're using using the parliamentary inquiry system to try and raise some of these questions here. And some of those questions are, for example, uh, Section E says the effect of banning semi-automatic handguns would have on a number of illegally held firearms in Australia and also stricter storage requirements and the use of electronic alarm systems for guns uh, stored in homes. So basically what they're trying to do with this inquiry, guys, is uh, try and get uh, build up evidence uh, to suggest that a banning on semi- your semi-automatic pistols is a good idea and also trying to make it harder for you to keep your guns by uh, hope, hoping to convince parliamentarians the inquiry that uh, all you guys need to have some sort of back-to-base alarm system with your guns and thus increasing the cost of maintaining your rights, your freedoms, your firearms. Uh, it, it, is a, it is an absolute blatant attack on our rights and you guys really need to uh, get onto the link on the AHP page and, and put in your submission for this inquiry. And in short, guys, for, for all these uh, questions that they're asking, pretty much tell them, look, we... We don't want any more laws. We've got enough laws. The laws at the moment aren't working. And uh, in fact, we need to scale back some of these laws that you don't want any more restrictions on your rights, your guns, or any or restrictions on your freedom whatsoever. Uh, criminals will always find a way to, to, to get guns regardless of what the laws are. So I urge everyone to please get on the website and start acting now. Now, remember, Jason, before I said it only takes 10 minutes to change the country. Well, I need you guys to spend 10 minutes to, to put in a submission uh, to to this parliamentary inquiry. Make sure your voices are heard, okay? Now, the SSAA... Now, before we go on, to the most disturbing yep. part out of this is... We just looked online and there's only 18 submissions out of 750 plus thousand gun owners in this country. Again, this is a federal inquiry. The funny thing is there's only 18 or 19 people that have put a submission in. Out of 750,000 people, we've got 20 submissions. Mine's going in today. Uh, Muzz is going to draft one up tonight and he's going to put one in too. So again, and you can see the names of the people that actually submitted their inquiry. Now... There's some quite disturbing stuff, even from law-abiding firearms owners, which we'll get to in a minute, but I'll let Muzz take back over of what he wanted to say about this, in- this inquiry. Yeah, well, the SSAA has, uh, uh, has submitted a, a draft submission paper, which some of you may have already got through the email if you're listed with the SSAA email system. And I think it's a pretty good submission, but I, I just want to be a little bit critical here of the SSAA. I don't think it really goes far enough. I don't think the language is not strong enough to be perfectly honest, and that's my personal opinion. Uh, the SSAA failed to recognise and, and point out the fact that even though our gun ownership numbers are way above uh, of what they were pre-96, uh, pre-Port Arthur levels, the, the crime rates, really, the, the homicide uh, gun crime rates in this country continue to fall. And that's a very important issue there because private gun ownership has absolutely nothing to do with gun crime rates. It's very hard for them to prove this, and this is something that needs to be pointed out. Uh, it doesn't matter what type of guns you own. It doesn't matter how many guns you own. At the end of the day, if you're a law-abiding firearm owner, you're not linked with a criminal element. So the issue I had really, Jason, with the SSAA National Draft Submission Paper is the language, quite simply, is just not strong enough. 
I, I, I want my uh, represent, representatives in the SSAA to be fighting for my gun rights. Now, this, is a, this inquiry is a perfect opportunity for organisations like the SSAA to start kicking back on some of these laws and let them know, well, listen, you guys are wanting more laws. Well, the current laws are not working. Why would you want more laws? So, I mean, when I pay my $82 a year membership fee, I want the SSAA to go into bat for me and to all the other law-abiding firearm owners and try and get rid of some of these laws. And this inquiry is a perfect opportunity to do that. So the SSAA needs to up the ante a little bit. They need to really get aggressive with their language and they need to also use this uh, inquiry to submit uh, suggested changes to the laws that uh, abolish some of these ridiculous laws, not just point out facts and figures. And they've done, they've done a pretty good job of pointing out the facts and figures, but the language is just too timid. So I want stronger representation from my shooting organisations. That's what I'm trying to say, Jace. All right, guys, so again, really, really important stuff. Once this podcast goes live, jump on the website, on that blog post for episode 62, Straight Shooting. Click on the submission link. I will put it in the blog post. So really, really important stuff. Get onto it. Again, 750,000 gun owners, and we've only got 19 submissions. Muzz wants to add something on there. Yeah, Jason, there's only a limited time to do so, guys. Um, We've only got a couple of days left, so please don't waste time. Get on the PC right now. Click click on the link and start making your submissions. All right, guys, a very, very interesting bit of news coming out of New Zealand. I think this was great, especially by the what they call technically the gun lobby and also uh, the New Zealand government and police minister, Ann Tolley. I wanted to read you, judge pushes tough new gun control laws. A judge is pushing for much tougher laws on military-style semi-automatic weapons, and they forgot to say that this judge is actually retired. But Justice Thomas Thorpe has suggested New Zealand should follow Australia and have an independent firearms authority take over gun licensing and monitoring from police. But Police Minister Anne Tolley doesn't believe any of those measures are necessary. And she says, There is no evidence to support that registering individual firearms will give greater protection to the community than the current system, says Miss Tolley. I mean, guys, this is coming from the police minister. Absolutely amazing stuff. The minister says Justice Thorpe's recommendations won't even be taken on board because the government has no intention of changing the current system. And like me and Muzz were having a talk before the show, this is... A knife in the heart of the Australian uh, firearms uh, registering system. Amazing. But it it, it continues. Gun enthusiasts argue New Zealand has a very low rate of firearms crime and new legislation won't stop criminals assessing guns. Go figure. Great stuff from New Zealand. In Australia, all military-style semi-automatic weapons needed to be registered. Here, all gun owners are registered, but not the actual gun themselves. There are over 1.1 million guns in circulation and 236,000 gun owners, which means that we don't know uh, how many guns each person has got. Uh, that was from gun control advocate Professor Kevin Clements. Uh, it also means that we widely quoted as having one of the highest rates of firearms ownership in the world. So again, if that is true, one of the highest rates of firearms ownership in the world with a uh, very limited amount of gun yep. crime. I mean, again, this is from the police minister. Let me read that again. The Minister for Police says Justice Thorpe's recommendations won't even be taken on board because the, co- the government has no intention of changing the current system. What do you reckon? It's absolutely astounding, isn't it, Jason? It just shows you the difference in culture from New Zealand to Australia. I mean, here you've got the pol- police minister going into bat for people's freedoms and gun owners in general and just telling them, listen, 
you pack of uh, gun control freak advocates. You're absolute dinosaurs, you know. This, this is something crazy. And the police minister absolutely nailed it. And she put a really a knife in, in, into the heart of the, of the whole registering system here in Australia uh, by saying what she said. And uh, Jason, for those of you who, who haven't uh, seen this, uh, please log on to the AHP site and we'll have a link to that story and you can have a look and listen to yourself. And this retired Justice Thomas Thorpe and some professor, Kevin Clements, I mean, this is just typical tactics from the, from the global gun control freaks that are, that are trying to destroy the freedoms of all the law-abiding gun owners in the Western countries. They get some, some guy who's a professor and some retired judge, and they put them up there trying to you know, promote gun control, this and that, to give them validity and to, you know, to, to give the whole issue a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, notoriety. Credi- credibility. Credibility. <laughs> I mean, what an absolute joke. And uh, here we are. And it's also backed by the New Zealand um, um, police. Police, yeah. And po- government. The government, the New Zealand police, the Minister of Police have told these guys no. Our gun laws are fine. There's absolutely no evidence to suggest that any further laws are going to do anything for crime or the prevention of crime. And she basically has told them, listen, mate, go away. And I, and I really would love you guys out there in Australia who are listening to this podcast right now to email this minister and let her know what a fantastic job she's doing. Let her know, please don't take your country down the path of Australia. Australia is littered with illegal firearms. We have underground manufacturing of firearms by criminal groups. We've got sophisticated importation rackets. I mean, do you really want this for your country? Please email the minister, Anne Tolly. She is a champion. And Jason, you got that email for us? Yep, it's uh, Anne, A-N-N-E, Tolly. So Anne.Tolly, T-O-L-L-E-Y, at parliament.govt. Dot NZ. So Anne.tolly at parliament.govt.nz. If you want to call her, but I'm sure she'd be lovely to, ha- to hear from some of you guys. It's 04 817 6807. Obviously, you'd have to put the uh, New Zealand uh, uh, code in front of the 04, uh, the international code. But again, 04 817 6807. Mars, do you reckon you would see our police minister going into bat? And again, I just wanted to, re- I know we're going to go on that for a third time, but the minister says, that Mr. Thorpe's recommendations won't ever be taken on board because the government has no intention of changing the current system. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, one of the important things she said, Jason, is that there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that registering firearms is going to have any effect on crime in the community. And that is very important. That is from a very credible person. Uh, Anne Tolly, the police minister in New Zealand, said, please, guys, shoot her off for a very simple email. Let her know what a great job she's doing. Let her know, and please don't take your country to the path of Australia. Uh, we have a massive illegal firearm problem in this country that's been generated by these draconian laws that have been foisted upon us over the last 20 years. And uh, really, guys, uh, give her an email. Let her know what a great job she's doing. And the interesting thing is they always said that the registry was generally there. And we heard this from uh, the firearms registry. It was at Dennis uh, Corrin at the yeah. SHOT Show 2014, uh, where he said we had those little wristbands we spoke about on the show saying keeping yeah. us safe. Now, again, I wanted to read this part, which, again, is a total knife in the heart of the Australian system. There is no evidence to show that registering individual firearms will give greater protection to the community than the current system, says the police minister, Mr. Tolly. Okay, everyone, we're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. G'day, I'm Peter Johnson from the Shooters and Fishers Party 
and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. In 2015, New South Wales hunters will have an important decision to make. You can trust one of the major parties to fight for the rights of hunters, or you can trust the party that has been fighting for shooters and fishers for 20 years. The Shooters and Fishers Party are the only party fighting for our rights. So, in March 2015, please support the party that is supporting hunters, the Shooters and Fishers Party. Find out more at www.sfp2015.org.au. Apathetic shooter segment. Ba, 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 apathetic shooter. <laughs> apathetic shooter. Yes. Now, our apathetic shooter this week comes from no less than the actual uh, submit one of the submissions to yep. the inquiry, Jason. Yep. And this is very, very disappointing. And it just really shows that Australian people, and especially ex-service people like this person here, who has given 13 years of service to our military who's uh, put in a submission um, to this parliamentary inquiry, they really haven't learned anything, really. I mean, even in their 13 years, they, un- they don't understand what the idea of Australia is. Australia's supposed to be a free country. And uh, while this person's, um, uh, some of the points they made were good, unfortunately, some of the things they said, I just shake my head and I think to myself, I mean, what, what are they talking about? They're pointing out for, um, for police to be given more powers, Jason. That you know, the police have too much red tape. They say they should be just able to harass anyone. That they should have more freedom to gain intelligence data. And basically, what he's advocating for, Jason, in a nutshell, is for a Stasi-like police system to pretty much shake down anyone who they feel <laughs> needs to be shaken down. Just just because you may have a suspicious look <laughs> on your face, you need to be shaken down for illegal firearms. And yeah, I just think this on. is crazy. Hang on, but remember, if you've got nothing to hide, yeah. what do you have to worry about? Well, that's what he actually says. He goes, that way those of us who have nothing to hide uh, have nothing to worry about as we will stand up to scrutiny and criminals who are doing the wrong thing will be caught and dealt with. Uh, um, just unbelievable. I mean... This old line, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. I mean, that is not what a free society stands for. And this person has, uh, you know, served 13 years in our military. I mean, what did you serve 13 years for, mate? I won't use his name because I don't want to vilify people, but it just gets to show that even after 13 years of military service, they still don't understand the ideals of a free country and what they're supposed to be protecting. I want police to do well. I want them to do their job. I want them to uh, catch the criminals. But I certainly don't want them to have unprecedented powers to shake down anyone they want to. I mean, this is absolutely crazy, and this is what this person basically wants. He wants a a, a Stasi, brown-shirt type of police force. And that's what I say, guys. That's why you really need to write into this uh, parliamentary inquiry, uh, this Senate inquiry about uh, getting illegal firearms off the street. Make sure, again, you're not proposing more restrictions. Again, some things they want to... I mean, I agree police should have powers to be able to do certain things, but not to uh, infringe on my personal freedom because people say, oh, if you've got nothing to hide, well, just why don't we just let them come in our house then whenever they want? Let, let them just you know, search our cars whenever they want, which they do anyway. Well, but, you, you know, know they've all already got way too much powers in this country as it is uh, and um, for those of you that don't know it I mean it's absolutely crazy I mean the police can almost do anything to you based on suspicion they can hold you just based on suspicion and uh, really um, I want the police to do their job but I certainly don't want them to overstep the mark now it's very important when you guys make your submission that you don't write 
things that are going to have unintended consequences. For example, like promoting more police power, promoting more laws. I mean, we don't need any more police powers. We don't need any more laws. We need to wind things back. The reason why we are having these in- this inquiry and the reason why police are taking unprecedented amount of illegal firearms off the streets is because of the laws in the first place. And that's what people need to understand. So, guys, just remember that when you're making your submission, Jason. That's right, and it's a it's a very, very lucrative market of illegal firearms. The firearms are worth a fortune here, secondhand, uh, and illegally, especially if we're talking AR-15s, anything semi-automatic can fetch uh, quite a hefty dollar, and people have realised this and are now starting to make their own firearms, you know, to uh, give around. And some of these things, as we said in a, before in a previous podcast... Yep. A lot of these firearms are really, really well made and machined. Uh, you don't need to even yep. import them anymore. A guy with a lathe, a bit of fitting and turning skills have been making these uh, great-looking firearms that, again, that were never to be sold here because they're just making them. I mean, the concept, really, of a firearm is quite quite basic, Absolutely. really, quite basic. Yep. So, But anyway, we'll get on to the next bit of news. All right, guys, we wanted to address another bit of news uh, which has been happening. Well, it's not really a bit of news, I'd say, Muzz. It's about uh, Minister Greg Hunt. Uh, there's been a lot he's been doing over the last, I'll probably say, six uh, to eight months attacking hunters. Now, I know there's a certain organisation out there I won't mention who says they've been having great conversations with uh, uh, Minister Greg Hunt, the Environment Minister. And what's been coming out of the Hunt camp uh, interesting name, Greg Hunt, obviously, yeah. has been extremely, extremely disturbing. We've already seen in a previous podcast they banned uh, NT croc hunting to give money back to the local Aboriginal community, getting people coming in from overseas uh, to pay big bucks that would go back into the community for crocodiles, which would have been cold anyway. Now, again, a few weeks ago on 3AW Radio, John Laws, Greg Hunt was on there saying they've banned rhino parts coming into the country. And the most disturbing part was that they're going to try and ban lions coming into the country. Now, this whole canned hunting thing. Lion parts. Sorry, lion parts, whatever it may be. And the most disturbing part about this, I did hear him say that they're going to move non-threatened species over to threatened species lists just purely for the fact so they could ban them from coming into this country. That's not the most disturbing part. The most disturbing part was where he said he's actually going to talk to Zimbabwe and South African governments to stop people getting licenses to go overseas to hunt. Now, when I heard this, I literally almost fell off my chair. I mean, who... On earth does this guy think he is the audacity? So I actually called the, his office uh, very, very upset, saying because he can't ban it here, he's going to try and stop Australians going overseas to partake in these legal hunts. Now, people say canned hunting. We're talking maybe two or three acres. Now, that's illegal in most of these countries. When we're talking about going over and hunting lions and, and these elephant hunts and everything like that, these are in about eighty to 100,000 acres. And an animal has to be wild for a period of six months before it can be hunted. Now, I got my response back from Mr. Hunt. Now, I wanted to read this. It says, Dear Mr. Solms, thank you for your letter. 14 July 2014 to the Minister of the Environment, the Honourable Greg Hunt, concerning overseas hunting. The Minister has passed your letter to me to reply. Now, this is from Shanine Coulson, Acting Assistant Secretary, Wildlife, Trade and Biosecurity Branch. Now, the interesting part was I sent him some mail correspondence and an email. Now, I got two correspondences back, pretty much the same when I went to check my P.O. box. 
And except for the first sentence I just read you, the letters were exactly the same. But it says, The Australian government is committed to protecting wildlife, particularly threatened species such as rhinoceros and African lion, under the Convention of International Trade in Endangered Species of Wildlife Fauna. Uh, all parties to sites have the right to take stricter domestic measures to ensure that wildlife trade does not threaten species survival. On July 2nd, 2014, the minister announced stricter measures for the trade in rhinoceros specimens. The plight of rhinoceros species is increasingly desperate, with rhinoceros facing extinction in both Africa and Asia as a result of uh, poaching and the illegal trade. Well, hey, at least Mars here admits that it's an illegal trade. The measures announced prevent the import of new rhinoceros hunting trophies and place additional requirements on people seeking to export vintage rhinoceros horse specimens. Uh, taken together, these measures will help minimise the opportunities for illegal trade in rhino horn. Uh, the Department of Environment is reviewing the regulation of trade in lion specimens. This review is in response to concern raised domestically and internationally about lion hunting, and in particular about the practice of canned hunting, in quotes, uh, in which captive bred lions are confined to increase the chance of a successful hunt. Well, I mean, if 80,000 acres is a successful hunt and you don't have, you can't just drive around and start looking for it, it does take a bit of effort. A motion was agreed by the National Assembly of South Africa on 13th of March 2014, condemning canned hunting of lions and imploring the South African government to amend the law to ban the practice. Uh, the review will include consultation with relevant stakeholders, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And again, mm. people mm. said we could work with Mr. Hunt. We've seen nothing but a constant attack on hunters. You need to write to Mr. Hunt. This apparently came out from a backbencher, Mr. Jason Wood. Now, have you seen Jason Wood on YouTube? Yep. Just type in Jason Wood MP on YouTube, and there's times where he just can't even talk. It's literally embarrassing uh, at one time even saying orgasm when I think he meant org- <laughs> organism. And he, he's tripping over his word constantly. I know we do it here sometimes on AHP, but this guy is a uh, member of parliament voted in by the people, supposed to have some sort of skills. But again, like I said, write to Minister Greg Hunt. We will put on the website the address and his email. Again, write to him and let him know you're dis- discontent with the current situation. Because as I've said before, I-, I have no interest in really doing it, but I have no problem with people going over there and conducting legal activities, which will help the local community and uh, help get meat to those local communities and stop poaching. That's what these people don't realise. But Mars, did you want to add on to that, Minister Hunt? Well, absolutely, Jason. Um, look, guys, uh, all, all this is is just uh, another way to appease the left. Now, I'll just give you guys a bit of a background to how the Liberal Party um, does its politics. Now, John Howard threw law-abiding gun owners under a bus to appease the left. Uh, he wanted to win favour with the left of uh, the voting bloc by basically just demonising us and uh, making us all out to be like Martin Bryant. And now... The story continues with this government. Um, you've got Environment Minister Greg Hunt uh, and Jason Wood basically attacking not gun owners now because they've already been done with gun owners. They're attacking uh, hunters. And the audacity of these people, Jason, I mean, how dare they tell me what I can and can't do in another country? But this is what they think they have the power to do. They're way overstepping their mark as elected uh, politicians. This is way outside what they should be doing. And it's a blatant attack on hunters. And Jason, even I got a little bit confused with canned hunting as, a, as opposed to captive bred hunting. And you can see in that letter that they've given you that they think that canned hunting and captive bred is pretty much the same thing. They, they, in actual 
fact, they're two very different things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. captive bred hunting is extremely sustainable, and it 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 was basically the reason why the the majority of these fantastic species will survive in the future because there is an inherent interest in keeping the animals alive, healthy, and there is a, a value placed on the animal uh, because uh, it's a very high value commodity amongst the uh, um, hunters, uh, yep, hunters the big, big game hunters in Africa, and essentially big game uh, big game captive bred hunting is what will save a lot of the species now. A lot of this illegal hunting that's going on is basically in countries that have been taken over by all this ideology of save the animals, this and that, whatever, conservation. You know, no one can touch the animals. Everything's illegal. And in countries like that, uh, they think they can just make laws and everything will be fine. Well, it's not fine. The Chinese middle class and and is growing. It is expanding rapidly. And these uh, people want more and more exotic uh, items, including rhino horns including uh, elephant tusks and uh, some you know exotic carvings and things like that and th- these items are highly sought after by people in all sorts of international markets and uh, instead of trying to um, ban this and restrict this which will ultimately jason lead to the destruction of some of these species and the extinction yeah exactly. because don't forget a lot of this money does go to uh, stopping poachers again if they just packed up shop tomorrow and left the animals wouldn't be safe and basically people these people would be out there like they often do which is smash down fences and gates yeah. drive in shoot an elephant pull its tusks out and then drive away hopefully in the middle of the night uh, so they're not getting caught, which, again, hopefully we can stop that by maintaining the species, giving meat back to the local communities and money going into anti-poaching activities to stop these poachers. Well, before I go into my main point, Jason, I just want to talk a little bit more about captive captive bred hunting because it's very important that people understand this, right? We've got a situation down in Tasmania where the Tasmanian tiger, due to overhunting, was pretty much destroyed and is now extinct. Can you just imagine a situation where we had a, a captive bred hunting program back in the early 1900s where they were basically um, maintaining this animal, breeding it and so on and uh, to, to preserve the species? If we had a captive bred hunting program on the Tasmanian tiger, I mean, the animal will still be with us today. Uh, we will still have plenty of Tasmanian tigers in Tasmania and that's the important thing to remember. Captive bred hunting is far more ethical than um, free-range hunting. Um, I know that's hard for a lot of people to hear, but that, that that's the fact because there is a high value placed on the animal and the animal will be continued to be bred and uh, there'll be plenty of uh, animals in supply. But what's going on here, guys, is nothing more than a blatant attack. They are trying to throw the hunter under the bus now instead of the gun owner, the hunter to appease the left. Now, we've been just given a jab by these guys, by Jason Wood and Greg Hunt. And what we need to do is you guys need to email them and give them a, a stiff uppercut and tell them in no uncertain terms, how dare you tell me what I can and can't do in other countries? How dare you attack law-abiding hunters? We will not stand up for this and you will pay dearly for it at the next election. election. So that's what needs to happen, guys. You need to stand up and let these guys know that you will not... You will not take being bullied around and used as a political tool for their own purposes. You're going to stand up for your rights, and if they don't want to support you, you're going to make sure that you do everything in your power. Come next election, they will not be voted in. 
So please, guys, have a look at Jason Wood MP and Greg Hunt MP online. Do a search, get their email addresses, and write to them. It just has to be a very simple email. Please don't uh, erode my rights. Uh, if you do, you will pay it heavily at the next election. It's very simple, Jace. I know. The interesting part, though, was I actually asked him why, during my letter, uh, why he was advocating or why he wanted to talk to other governments to forbid me to go overseas and hunt in other countries and try and stop me and my freedom to do what's legal in other country. Now, as I said, I just read you the letter. Uh, obviously, that didn't address that. So, like I said, no. when you get your letters back, if they haven't addressed the specific criteria you've put on there, attach their letter again, photocopy it, and then send them another letter saying, you have not answered my questions, guys. This is really important stuff. And again, whether you're interested in canned hunting, how long before you think Greg Hunt and co. is going to start coming after our regular hunting, deer, exactly. pigs, foxes, yep. rabbits, hunting on public land, etc., etc., etc. This is just the start. I mean, I was ropeable when, when I actually called... Marzen said, he literally said he's going to advocate to other countries to stop them giving them licenses. I mean, let's be honest, Zimbabwe, South Africa, etc., where people were paying big money, they're just going to laugh at Mr. Hunt and say, completely ridiculous, this guy's yep. an absolute goose. Uh, but again, this, this is what Australia's like. Anti-freedom doesn't want you exactly. to do anything they're not interested in. But so. it's a political tactic, Jason. That's all it is. He, the, he, wants, he wants to be seen as attacking uh, hunters, which are pretty much public enemy number one in the face of the Greens and all the leftist brigade, and they want to be seen as a sort of a conservative and caring, which is why he put the block on um, uh, croc, uh, hunting. croc hunting in the NT. He, he was saying ridiculously that he, he was worried that it's going to uh, encourage cruelty. I mean, how ridiculous. And it's nothing more than an attack on hunters. Now, I remember, Jason, a lot of people might call me out on this in previous episodes, did say that uh, this Prime Minister could be good for gun owners. And I still stand by that because uh, Tony Abbott and the Liberal Party have dealt a massive blow to the Greens by the elimination of this carbon tax. It is a massive, massive blow. And that is all really good news for us guys because it pretty much erodes the Greens' credibility in Parliament and makes them out to be the fools that they are. And uh, hopefully that will also work its way to their uh, other proposed legislation. Now, just in terms of what they're trying to do, these Greens, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but at the moment, the Greens are very active in trying to ban sluicing in Victoria. Can you believe it, Jace? All yeah, you, all you uh, hobby uh, miners out there, you um, guys that go around with detectors and have fun uh, fossicking for gold and all this stuff, the Greens are trying to ban all that now too. They don't want you to do anything. They want you to sit in your little apartment in the inner city block and go to your cafe and go to work. That's all the Greens want you to do. They, want, they don't want you to interact with your environment in any way whatsoever. It is an absolute absurd attack on our rights again. These guys have got to be exposed for the left-wing nutjob communists that they are. Yeah. What do you think, Jace? Well, heaven forbid I can't go out there with my little barrel and yeah. start prospecting for a little bit of gold. Imagine if I found a big nugget. Therefore, that would be illegal. Therefore, again, I don't own it. Uh, therefore, obviously, it would have to go back to the government. So, again, pretty important stuff, guys, what Muzz just said. We need to stop these greens. Absolutely. I mean, we can't even go do a bit of gold prospecting in the local streams of Victoria. Yep, they're trying to ban that now. Now, as you guys know who are listening in Victoria, you've got to go to strong tradition of mining there 
Uh, you can uh, pay for, I think it's called a miner's rights permit for $80, and you can mine for 10 years. You can do some basic sluicing, prospecting, detecting, which is absolutely fantastic. Now, the Greens want to destroy all that too. I mean, these guys are out of control. They really must be stopped. And, uh, I mean, thank God, Jason, we've got people like David Lionhelm in federal parliament that are uh, going to be a strong voice. And I'm pretty sure, those of you who know for sure can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he will be there at this parliamentary inquiry into the um, handgun proposed handgun ban, the semi-automatic handgun ban, yes, which we mentioned earlier. So it'll be very important. We need a lot of pro-gun voices over there, and I certainly will be disappointed if our shooting organisations, including the SSAA, aren't present in this inquiry to, to, to give a strong voice to all the guys out there who are you know, wanting to preserve their rights, their freedoms, and also their gun ownership, Jase. Yep, pretty good stuff. I'm glad at least we've got, you know, one, you know, pro-gun voice in Parliament and David Lionel, very important. Otherwise, right now we'd have none. And hopefully, again, we see something, some changes over the next, say, 12 months. But again, time will tell. All right, Jason, and uh, just speaking of David Lionel, uh, I've, I've just recently got the uh, newsletter from Liberal Democratic Party. Um, and uh, look, guys, if you haven't uh, joined the Liberal Democrats yet, please get online and join them. It's free to join a pro-gun party, pro-freedom party. So just letting you know about them. Now, David has had a very impressive speech in the federal parliament, uh, really good speech. If you wanted to check that out, just uh, check out Jason's YouTube page. Yeah. All right, guys, we're just going to go to another quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats. But the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. All right, guys, one or two mentioned, we just come back from the ad break. We've got, we, you probably heard on episode, I think it was 61, Tristan Thompson, Everyday Honey. You heard two uh, political party ads from the LDP, the Liberal Democratic Party, and also the Shooters and Fishers Party, which we've been supporters of for quite some time. Uh, we also wanted to welcome aboard. We're finalizing some talks with uh, SSAA uh, Sydney branch to run some hunter education courses. Uh, and also Silverdale Rifle Range. We're hopefully going to be interviewing Andy Mallon from Silverdale Rifle Range, talking about hunter education uh, and the, some of the good stuff they're going to be doing out there at Silverdale. Uh, and again, as I said, the LDP, we also are supporters of the Shooters and Fishers Party, so we're going to be running ads for the Shooters and Fishers Party well, as well. Uh, and the main thing was here, we guys, we support all pro-gun parties, anyone looking at supporting the rights of hunters, shooters uh, and fishermen in Australia and we were approached uh, by some of these people we approached some of them to wanting to get the word out about the parties and uh, we've had certainly a really good relationship uh, building with SFP LDP uh, the SSAA Sydney and we might also have uh, some more people coming on and sponsoring the show which I think is going to be absolutely fantastic so again we just want to clarify that you know people are hearing two different political parties and saying hey what's going on but again 
my role here and Muzz's role and the role of AHP is to get you the information out there about political parties and uh, what they can offer you. And I think it's really important that uh, we do that. Uh, and using this medium, I've got my own personal uh, opinion about who I vote for, which again can be freely heard on this show in previous uh, episodes before, uh, as well as Muzz. And uh, we want uh, as many pro-gun voices in Parliament as absolutely possible fighting for our rights. So again, I think that's important. Absolutely, Jason. And uh, it's uh, it's also very important for us to reiterate that our opinions are our own. Um, we will give praise where it's due and we'll also give criticism where it's due. If the SFP or the LDP or any other organisation are doing things that we don't think are, are great for freedom or for our rights in general, we'll definitely say so. So just remember that, guys. We're not a mouthpiece for anyone or any particular business or any organisation. We just want to put the information out there and you will always get a straight shooting uh, opinion from myself and Jason. Okay, now Jason, I want to move on to a little bit of a breakdown. As you guys know, we just recently had the SSAA SHOT Show in Sydney, which was an absolutely fantastic show. And I've just got some notes here, which is a really good breakdown from all the interviews that we've done at the show. <laughs> what a fantastic day we had, oh, eh, Jace? Amazing. It was absolutely great. We interviewed heaps of different people, heaps of different political parties. Uh, Beretta, we had, uh, who else we had? Well, we had the firearms registry one, yep. which was great. It was a bit of a good cop, bad cop with myself and Mars. And if oh, you heard yep. that, Mars, in my opinion, asked some pretty hard questions like, how is the firearms registry keeping us safe? Yep. And uh, some of these questions were struggled to be answered by uh, Dennis Corrin from the uh, firearms registry. And again, most of the answers were fairly fluffy, weren't they, Muzz? They were just general yeah. questions about, you know, what, how is giving more information uh, to shooting clubs, to the firearms registry, to having police coming to your Absolutely. house, uh, to giving them to your local dealer at the gun shop when you're buying pistol ammunition. How is giving more information keeping us safer? Yep. It's physically impossible. As we've always said, the only good information is no information at all. Absolutely, Jason. And for those of you that haven't uh, listened to the previous podcast regarding the firearms registry, myself and Jason done an extensive podcast regarding that where I pretty much break down all the pros and cons regarding the firearms registry. But anyway, I'd like to move on. Then I spoke to uh, Robert Brown at the um, at the SHOT Show and some of the things that he said, well, he said that uh, there are signs, signs are good in terms of trust with the bad government. Uh, so the SFP and bad government, uh, the signs are good there apparently, Jason. That's good, yeah. And they talk about over-regulation. This is Robert Brown said there's a lot of nanny statism and all that. But I, I question as to what he was saying there with nanny statism because to be honest, SFP support the fishing tax. I mean, the fishing tax is nanny statism. Robert Brown kept saying that, you know, they want to get rid of nanny statism, yet they're supporting the fishing tax. And just, I know I've been banging on a lot about this. I really, I think this is horrible policy, and I really do wish SFP will go back to the table and rethink this, because um, I don't know if you uh, guys realise out there that if you do actually get caught, Jason, um, with... um, Say, for example, an illegal catch limit or something like that, or if you get caught fishing without fishing license or have been paid a fishing tax. When you actually get a fine, Jason, right, if you don't pay that fine, did you know that the government actually has the right to take away your driver's license if you don't pay that fine? Yep, yep, and they've obviously, <laughs> I did that one time in a, in a uh, traffic fine, and I, I didn't pay it because I wanted a bit of a civil disobedience, and then I got I got the letter that says if I don't, there was like the third letter where they added on like $40, and they said, if you don't pay this last one, we're going to cancel your registration on any car registration in your name. I went, <laughs> I, quick, yeah. I quickly went down and paid it. <laughs> now, guys, just so you don't, if you don't know this already, the government already has overreaching powers, tyrannical powers, 
to pretty much restrict your freedom of movement if you don't do a simple thing like pay a fishing fine. And this is one of, I mean, one of many reasons why the SFP should be, uh, you know, lobbying to abolish the fishing tax. I mean, we don't need any kind of regulation on fishing. I mean, we're dealing with sinkers, lines, and you know, rods, and so well, we, we, they shouldn't be supporting that. And Jason, just recently, if you remember, we we're talking about it. I watched the program on, I think it was the ABC, and uh, basically what it was is you had the water police, and they uh, boarded this guy's boat. And on the boat, the guy just come back from fishing and they checked out his esky and apparently he had like a kilo and a half more fish than what he was supposed to for a single guy. Yeah. And then uh, you had a whole bunch of water police there surrounding this boat over a kilo and a half of fish. And he actually, actually the guy who was uh, arre- uh, not arresting him but giving him a fine said to him, mate, if you had an extra person on the boat, you would have been right. Because you would have been under like eight and a half kilos, whatever it was. I know. And I just think how absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, just because you had an extra person on the boat, it doesn't change the quantity of fish that's being taken out of the water. And, and what's to say that second person wouldn't have just given all of his fish to the other guy anyway? No. And I mean, this is what's going on, guys. We've got people being fined for ridiculous things like that, never mind the fact that you've already got the huge expenses of taking out a boat. I mean, when you go out... Uh, days worth of fishing you probably already spent a couple hundred bucks in fuel and supplies and, and what, what it might be but then now you've got this bureaucracy that's going after people chasing people for having a kilo and a half more fish than what they're allowed to it's just absolutely ridiculous yeah, so anyway so- i guess our point is too was fishing in that bad of a way before the fishing license that we i mean is it so much better since the fishing license yeah it's been used for some good things but we've also seen it's been used for some bad things like making uh, you know, artificial reefs where fishermen can't fish on them. Well, you can't fish there anyway because the di- there's divers there. Yeah, out, out of our fishing tax money. And as, as we always said, once you've got the, the government with their snouts in the money trough, yep. there is no way to continually get that. Once they're in there and they're, and they're swimming around in this trough, there's no way to get them out, and we're just wanting to get rid of it. So but anyway, what was the next one, Muzz? Yeah, uh, Jason, just I counted how many people during the show that we interviewed were actually in support of self-defense being like a, I guess, a genuine reason to use a firearm and also in support of return of semi-autos. And pretty much it was an overwhelming support of self-defense and semi-autos. We had one person that was against self-defense out of the six that we asked, and we had two people out of the 10 that we asked that were against semi-autos. So it's pretty much an 80% support I guess uh, ratio for return of semi-autos out there with some of the people that we're, we're talking to and uh, the vast majority of punters out there to show supported self-defense as a genuine reason for firearms. Now, with my interview with uh, Robert Brown, uh, also he said that the firearms regulation will be just rolled over uh, and it saves a lot of hassles there. Um, we, we talked about Mike Gallagher, the ex-police uh, uh, minister, minister, and he was saying that uh, he was one of the good supporters of the SFP and I... And I'm a little bit baffled by by this because, I mean, wasn't Mike Gallagher there, uh, Jason, when they installed the ammo bill? Yep, absolutely. He might have been a supporter, but again, I didn't see Mike Gallagher stepping up saying, hey, listen, this is uh, bad policy and we shouldn't be supporting this. So I'm really not sure how, maybe he was a supporter because it wasn't put into full effect, possibly. Maybe that's what they're talking about. I don't know. I'll have to ask him that question. But what well, I wanted to say too, in this next 10 years uh, guys this is the most important part 
of we've been almost we have been well, almost or will be soon 20 years yep. since Port Arthur people are being born every day well, I'm getting older Mars is getting older a lot of shooters out there are getting older and soon this all this legislation about registries about all the heavy restrictions is going to be set in stone it's going to be and people aren't going to know any different because the older people are going to be get older they're going to pass away and there's not going to be many of the old hat that remember what it was pre-1996 so the time to mm. act is now that's right guys right now because again I mean I've got 18 year old shooters that I speak to who don't even know what Port Arthur is absolutely no idea who yep. Martin Bryan is absolutely no idea about Port Arthur and also Jason Port you've got a lot of those other young shooters too that just blindly believe all this media crap that's been hurled at them guns are bad semi-autos are bad you are bad fishing's bad everything's bad I mean it's just absolutely ridiculous and then when they see a free country like New Zealand or the United States or Canada or Canada that's another I mean, thing we need to talk about too they, they, they basically come back saying oh my god look at all these things they have and so on I mean we, do we want to be this sort of a country where we basically have so many restrictions and recently they've just got some fantastic technology in terms of um, shotgun moderators silencers whatever you may want to call them and there's people out there enjoying these wonderful technologies with excellent shotguns and so on that we pretty much have no access to do we really want to be a country like that yep so as and to reiterate again the time is now to act guys really really important stuff if we get another 20 years of this stuff it's going to be pretty much i won't say near impossible to repeal but uh, it's going to be well and truly entrenched in uh, government legislation. So we need to start moving. We need to start mobilising. And uh, I think that's really important. What we also wanted to congratulate the SFP on is about the $14 million yep. pumped into New South Wales Rangers. Guys, really, really good stuff. Uh, I think that's going to be positive for a lot of these regional shooting complexes, hopefully using that money uh, to get these range templates updated and make sure that we can't get our sport shut down. I wish some of these things that revolve around uh, sound noise pollution problems, yeah. if they just gave us the suppressors, we'd all be a lot happier. We could go hunting. You know, It's not a movie where we can you know, shoot someone upstairs and nobody hears it downstairs type of stuff. Uh, that's really important about getting these uh, you know, range templates updated and making sure we using templates that are current and they can't shut us down for any particular issue yeah, so absolutely yeah you know, that 14 million is going to come in handy for a lot of rangers so hopefully we see that dished out to a lot of rangers and uh, really important to be used uh, for some of these regional shooting complexes and again a shooting complex hopefully again it's some here in sydney being developed uh by the double sla so some, some, some pretty important stuff one thing i wanted to go on about too about canadian firearms laws now just recently there's been some new reforms uh planned for canadian firearms owners we know on previous podcasts we've been talking a lot about certain rifles where the rcmp the royal canadian canadian mounted police have just decided certain things if you don't hand this firearm in with no compensation, uh, we're going to come to your house and you're going to be arrested. Uh, but obviously, common sense has prevailed in Canada where it says government will introduce Common Sense Firearms Act. Yep. Swiss Arms and the CZ858 rifles legal again. Oh, fantastic. Possession-only licenses will become possession and acquisition licenses because did you know some mm. of these certain rifles, if you removed it from your home and had to go to the range, you had to ask for approval and have that in letter form. So if you took your rifle to the range, every time you wanted to do that, you needed a, a letter from the registry. Absolutely preposterous, Jason. Absolutely. Chief uh, Firearms Officers, so that's uh, the RCMP, power to make arbitrary decisions will be restricted. Fantastic. Reduce the number of paperwork for gun criminals. Authorization to transfer 
transport will merge with the restricted license, so you won't need that uh, written material anymore. Uh, a firearm safety course will be mandatory. I think that's that's a good thing, getting people safe yeah. in firearms. And again, people convicted of a domestic violence are prohibited from owning firearms. We know in Australia, an apprehended violence order, which isn't even a conviction yeah. in New South Wales and most states around the country. you pretty much lose your guns. You'll lose your guns for a period of New South Wales, I think is 10 years. Uh, I know other, other uh, states are five years, and I'm not sure about the other ones, but again, we will find out about that. But again, common sense, firearms laws uh, with Canada. But Muzz, Muzz want to do a little bit more on the SSAA SHOT Show wrap-up. Anything there that's going to be that that you're seeing? Yeah, Jason, just wanted to congratulate again SFP for those grants. Absolutely great job by them, and uh, well done to them for representing us really well in the New South Wales Parliament. Now, with the Dennis Corrin interview with the Firearms Registry, Jason, I mean, some of the things, some of the hard questions I kept asking him, he kept referring back to, oh, we're coordinating safe storage and the obligations of license holders. He just kept referring back to all these obligations that we have and it's the law and so on. He couldn't really answer my questions. So, yeah, guys, look that up on the SHOT Show specials, episode 59 and 60. Also, Jason, we spoke to Mike from Action Paintball and the guys at Action Paintball suggested that they want a Category P license for paintball guns. And uh, I was suggesting they should be pushing for no restrictions. And Mike said to me, I mean, in the perfect world, we should be like the rest of the world with no restrictions. If you remember that, Jace, when, when yeah. we were talking. And my point to him is, well, I mean, how are you going to get no restrictions if you're, if you're not asking for no restrictions? I mean, if you're asking for Category P, all you're going to get is Category P. I mean, you guys should be shooting for the stars. You should be asking for no restrictions. That's my whole point, and that's where the whole attitude needs to change, really, with anyone who's trying to, I guess, uh, make sensible laws, just like the Canadians have, Jason. It's a fantastic win for them, like you just mentioned. Okay, so and also press David Abella on why he didn't say what needed to be said. I mean, when he was being interviewed by Joe Hildebrand. What was and, that? that was, yeah, but for people that don't know, that was a, uh, an advertisement on Triple M. Yep. I think it was a Triple M, and they were on Triple M. Yeah, a the story they yeah. done uh, with uh, David Abella, and uh, they spoke about interesting jobs and interesting professions, and uh, spoke how David Abella owns a gun shop. And he really didn't hammer down the point clearly enough. I mean, he should have. He should have really told them, I mean, pretty much after you've got your license and you've received a training and you've been vetted by the government, what sort of guns you own doesn't really matter. That's what he should have said. But I pressed him about it and he, he pretty much said that, what I, what I guessed anyway, that he didn't really have a chance to say what he wanted to say. That a lot was edited anyway. And also, Jace, we spoke to Aussie Reviews and uh, he spoke about how Australians are too conforming and not willing to speak out about enough about our culture and our sport. And that's absolutely true. And this is why this uh, particular podcast is uh, dedicated to getting you guys off your bums and tr- and start being active. I mean, we've got a couple of important issues that are at hand. We need to need you guys to send your submissions out there to, to government. So please do so. And it's about it's it's time to stand up for your rights, guys, and make yourself counted. So this is what it's all about. And he also talked talked about donating more money to our political parties. Obviously, we've got a couple of program parties out there that are very active in getting our rights back. So please support them, guys. Okay. Also, David Lionhelm, when we spoke to him, he, he explains quite well. Uh, the idiocy of most government legislation. He mentioned that there is a timidity amongst gun owners to speak out because they fear 
that people, especially the media, will treat them like some kind of maniacs. And that's true. I mean, media always try and make you look like some sort of uh, idiot, I guess. Uh, Occasionally, you may get a sympathetic ear, he says, but generally the media are not your friend. He said that the media do not succeed in ridiculing him because he is ready with good arguments and has the facts on his side, and he stands his ground, which is something I really like. Uh, But the risk is always that the media will just make assertions and not give you a chance to respond, and that's pretty much their usual tactic. They just make an assertion and just leave it at that and then pretty much cut you off. Uh, He plans to secure the tenure of Malabar rifle range, Jason. That's very important. Okay, it's really important that uh, we have a really uh, a good functioning rifle range on the east coast. Uh, Malabar is a fantastic location and for those of you who've never been there. Robust relationship with all the organisations involved to make sure there's no egos. Yes. Let's get rid of the egos. Let's get people in there having fun shooting. That's what it's all about. Absolutely, it's not about egos. It's about our rights, and 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 they're constantly being attacked, and we need to fight back. So he spoke about deregulation day, Jason. Now, for a lot of you guys that don't know, there's a red tape repeal day. There's a website out that the government's put out, the Abbott government. Now, he spoke about that. He said it's worthwhile doing, but it's just a drop in the bucket and tokenistic. There is heaps more that needs needs doing, and if we put the pressure on the government, uh, might might do something. And I spoke about that earlier, Jason, in previous podcasts. Guys, send send your suggestions in to repeal the red tape day and tell them to get rid of the National Firearms Agreement. Very very important, guys. You need to have your voices heard. So get on the website and make sure you have your uh, voice heard there. So he's also spoke that he's going to definitely look into the National Firearms Agreement. It's also on his agenda and of course LDP against the registry and against restrictions on firearms and paintball and airsoft. Now we spoke to also Rob Fickling, Jason uh, spoke to him about the responsibility of hunters and how it's important to do the right thing and continue to grow our culture and support. So and very important, guys, when you're out there, if you see someone doing the right thing, it might be your friends or whatever, please set them straight. Let them know it's really important for them to provide, be a good example to the community and also spread the word uh, at any opportunity. If you can get anyone into hunting or shooting sports, do it. Do everything you can to help them out. Education is the key and we need to build our constituency. So you also spoke about how we have great access to land here, especially in Victoria and also in New South Wales and our other hunters in other states have to stand up on their own two feet and lobby the government, Jace. Then this is extremely important. We need to make sure we've got public land hunting in all states, Jason. And and you guys in Queensland, in South Australia, in WA, you need to get behind these politicians, give them a good, good swift kick in the ass and send them letters, let them know that you want the same rights as we have here in New South Wales and in Victoria. And what about Tasmania? Let's not worry about their rights, eh? Obviously, obviously, we're just kidding, guys. We want all public land hunting against all states uh, around Australia. I think that's really important. Again, you can go on the website, donate to the show, uh, look for our, our yearly packages we're going to have hopefully soon. Once we get all that sorted, we will let you know with stickers, hats, uh, that you'll be able to use, hopefully a blaze orange that you'll be able to use on public land. Uh, and I think so that's really important. Yeah, Jason, also for all you guys out there who are not members of the NRA, please get on nra.com, become a member. It's extremely important. The midterm American elections are coming up and Obama will be seeking to get as many Democrats in there as possible because his agenda is not finished, guys. 
He is poised to try and take away gun rights from Americans. And if he wins these midterm elections, he will be one step closer to doing so. And the way we can stop that, everyone, is to become a member of the NRA. If you want to know what freedom is, if you want to see what real freedom is all about, become a mem- member of the NRA. It's only 35 bucks a year and you'll be, your money will be going to support the strongest lobby group in the world. So anyway, Jace. Yep, donate to the show. Go to the website, strainhuntingpodcast.com.au. Donate. Put a bit of cream on that cake for us. We need we need a bit of cream on that cake. So that on the right-hand side widget bar, you can click on the donate button. As always, I'm Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Blatko. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.